Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we begin the fourth book of the Torah, the book of Bat Midbar, otherwise known as the book of numbers. Bat Midbar means in the desert. And this is where Hashem gave us the Torah, in the desert. This book is usually read, usually starts the week before Shavuot, to prepare us into receiving the Torah, to gain all the lessons that we have to gain from uh, this amazing gift that God gave us so we can live to our fullest, to live up to our potentials and be the best that we can be. So the choice of setting of where Hashem gave us the Torah is a very important uh, concept. It's a very important um, idea in everything that goes in the Torah is not less and it's not more, it's exact and everything conveys a lesson. The setting itself imparts a significant portion of the message. For a message application should not be separated from its content. Similar concepts apply regarding to God's choice of location for the giving of the Torah. So our sages ask this fundamental question, why was the Torah given in the desert? Why did Hashem give it to us in such a barren place? He could have given it to us in the land of Israel. He could have given it to us once the Beit HaMikdash was built and in all its glory. He could have given it to us in an island or in a city, anywhere he wanted. So why did he choose the desert? And the choice of location really gives us a lot of insights into the humility and the validity of, a to- of the Torah. So this significance, moreover, is revela- relevant not only for the Jews who received the Torah at Mount Sinai, but it's still relevant to us uh, 3,300 years later. It's so true today as it was in those days. And um, so, we, so for we praise God as Nosain HaTorah, the giver of the Torah. He's the one that gave us the Torah. But at the end of the day, we have to receive it to be able to apply it. You know, to, to be a, a giver is beautiful, but if you don't have anybody to receive what you have to give, then it's useless. It has no meaning whatsoever. It's a, it's a, it's a reciprocal relationship in, in which one gives and the other one receives. By one receiving, he's giving to the other the, the, the joy of being able to be the giver. So using the present tense, the insights we can derive from the setting of the giving of the Torah, teach us how to approach the Torah at all times, in all places, no matter what. Nowadays, we're living in Corona times, we're going through a pandemic, this is the year 2020, 5,780. Five and uh, it's interesting because we're all home, we're all in our homes, we're not going to the synagogue. I don't think we're gonna have Shavuot in a shul. It's, it's very hard to have thousands or hundreds of people congregated in one space. Most of us is, are gonna receive it at home. And this message is so relevant today that Hashem gave the Torah in the desert really today really sounds uh, powerful and truthful because it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter in which time of the year you are, it doesn't mean what situation, what's going on, the Torah is alive anywhere, 
everywhere in the home in the shul in the school in your workplace in the in the hotel in a, in a temple god willing one day in the Beit Amikdash. doesn't matter where you are the torah is alive everywhere you are anywhere you are everywhere you go it's true today was true 3300 years ago so the first of the explanations that our sages give us in response to the question of the sages of why god gave us the torah in the desert is that the desert doesn't belong to anybody nobody is owner of the desert they haven't bought this real estate it's ownerless and the same holds true for the Torah the Torah is ownerless nobody can say it's my Torah I bought the Torah I'm the owner of the truth I'm the owner of Hashem's will nobody can say this because in reality Hashem gave the world uh, the Torah to the Jews but really it's for humanity because it's the moral compass that guides our lives everybody should live by these by this, um, moral uh, values of the Torah it's applicable to everybody so, so it's not exclusive possession of any particular individual uh, tribe, type, race uh, gender it's really uh, it's really there for everybody that wants to connect to Hashem so whoever desires may come and take it and so the ownerless nature of the desert also provides a key uh, to understanding how a person can apply the above lesson and take it uh, and take possession of the Torah so as our sages continue a person must make himself like a desert we, he gave us the Torah in the desert, but he's also giving us an idea that for any person to be able to bring into himself new information, to be able to, to feed himself from the will of God, from Hashem's wisdom, he needs to be barren. He cannot be full of himself. He cannot be full of ideas. He cannot be like, I know everything and nothing, there's nothing new under the sun. If a person has this, uh, this uh, attitude towards life, then he's never going to be able to receive the Torah. Because to be able to receive the Torah, you need to be open-minded. You need to allow Hashem's truth to come into your, into your mind. Many people say that the religion is, uh, is brainwashing and it's brainwashing you. But in reality, it's not brainwashing. It's the truth. We believe that the Torah was given by Hashem to Moshe Rabbeinu at Mount Sinai. And in it holds the truth of our creation, why we're here, what's our purpose, what's the noble moral way to live, and, um, and what is expected of us as human beings and as Jews. But people sometimes try to make their own religion and their own God and, um, and they bring false ideas into the world and they disguise them as religion but this is not the true Torah the true Torah should make you a free person it should make you a person that feels free not not imprisoned and and, and that's when you know that Torah is truth and you have to leave space for God in your life, in your heart, in your mind. Because if you're too full of yourself, of your knowledge, of your ideas, of what you believe, of what you think, 
then there's not gonna be more space for anything else to come into you. So as our sages continue, a person must make himself like a desert and he must relinquish all concerns. He must remove the constraints which hold back his commitment to the Torah. So you know, many people say, when I become rich, then I'll start keeping Shabbat. Or when my kids grow up, maybe I'll start keeping kosher or like this. So this is what our sages are telling us. You, you, should, not, um, you should not have your own concerns in accordance with how you're gonna follow the Torah. In, rea in reality, Torah is a, rela a relationship with God. Judaism is not really a religion. It's not a dogma. It is our relationship with our Creator. And the way that we can have a relationship with Hashem is by fulfilling His will. It's like when you have a, a beautiful marriage, what do you do? What's a good marriage? A good marriage is when each person is trying to uh, give joy to the other person. So if the husband doesn't like to eat poached salmon, the wife is not going to cook poached salmon for him. Because why would she do something for him that he doesn't like? And the other way around, if the wife doesn't like loud music in the house, the husband is not going to put loud music for her because he knows it's going to bother her. So this is more or less the concept of a relationship with Hashem is the same way. He loves his 613 commandments. We know this is what he likes and what he doesn't like. There's 248 negative, uh, positive that are things that he doesn't like, that he likes, and then you have 365 negative commandments that are the things that Hashem doesn't like. So if you want to have a relationship with God, why would you do things that he doesn't like? And why would you not do the things that he likes? So the Torah is God's will and his wisdom. This is the way he envisions the world. The Torah is the blueprint of creation. He created the Torah before he created the world. So that the, the world was create, created according to the Torah. So and is thus an infinite and unbounded as he is himself. So if you want to tap into infinitude, if you want to transcend, if you want to really reach farther away than your own limits, when you reach the Torah, when you live through the Torah, then you're not living constrained, you're living above yourself. So therefore, approaching the Torah requires a person to step above himself and accept a different framework of understanding. Really, it means to transcend. It's to let go of your ego, of yourself, of yourself, of, of your self-centeredness, and be able to be humble and, and, and live for a bigger cause, live for a, a higher cause, and not for yourself. There's two ways to live. One is everything's about me, 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 self-gratification, whatever makes me happy, what makes me feel good, what I, I believe, it's me. And the other one is about Hashem. It's about making God happy, living up to what He envisions, being the person He created, being true to who you really are. This is two ways to live, two very different ways to live. So this was reflected in our, in our ancestors' pledge, Naseh Ishma. When Hashem gave the Torah to the Jewish people, they said, Naseh Ishma, we will do and we will listen. First we will do and then we will listen. This is such an important concept. People usually say, first I have to understand and then I will do it. But in reality with the Torah, it's the opposite way. If you don't do it, you will never come to understand it. 
I can explain to you Shabbat a hundred thousand times. The beauty of Shabbat, how to keep it, what it brings into your life, uh, your relationship with God, everything, everything, everything. But if you don't live a Shabbat, how can you ever come to experience what I'm trying to convey to you? So the, the Jewish people said, we will learn, we will do, and then we will listen. In, instead of first listening to God's commandments and then deciding whether to accept it or not. And this is why Hashem gave it to them. They promised to obey Him regardless of what was entailed and rather than have their understanding shape their commitment, their promise to have their commitment shape their understanding. When you do, you understand. I come from a house, very traditional, but we were not observant Jews. We grew up in a place where there was really no, no orthodoxy. It was an orthodox community, interestingly. We, we, men and women separate, the rabbi was orthodox, everything was done under the, the law. But we never understood really what it meant to keep the Torah. We, never, we didn't grow up with this knowledge. We were clueless. Clueless. We thought that uh, kashrut was only for the rabbi and his wife. We knew that Jewish people couldn't eat certain things and we tried not to eat them. But we, or, or if we ate them, we felt bad. We knew we were doing something that was not allowed. But we could never understand what mean, what's the meaning of living a full-fledged Torah life. Today I understand because this is the way I live. But if I don't get immersed in it and I don't live it and I don't experience it, I will never come to understand it. So when a person makes such a commitment, God molds his environment so that the commitment can be expressed. And this is also alluded to by giving the Torah in the desert. As our sages say, just as a desert is not sown and not tiled, so too when a person accepts the yoke of the Torah, the yoke of worldly concerns is removed from him. So when a person lives with God, lives with the Torah, it makes his life simple. This is yes, this is no, this is allowed, this is not allowed. You have boundaries, you have a, a certain guideline in your life. Life, then, then the whole your whole life becomes like permeated with 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 Torah. Everything you do in your life is Torah. You wake up, you say Modeani, you do your brahas, you pray. Everything you do, then everything you do, the mundane life becomes. You do it with intention. You do it with the intention that you should be serving God in everything you do, even in cleaning your house. When you're cleaning your house can be the most mundane thing, but if you're doing it to live in a clean house where you can honor the presence of God inside of your house, then you're elevating even the act of cleaning your house. So nevertheless, this, case, this was not a cause of anxiety or worry for the Jews in the desert. They knew they were given everything they needed. They were clothed, they were given food, they were given uh, water, they were given um, uh, protection. Everything came from Hashem. They had no worries whatsoever. So when a Jew is connected to the truth of the Torah, he's living a Torah life, he has no worries. He knows who feeds him. Who, he knows who's the boss. I know today many people are frantic. They're so scared. Where am I going to get my Parnassa tomorrow? My, I lost my job. It's true. It's, it's real, real scary times. 
and for some people they're even scarier because they feel that the, 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 the money they make during the month is that they make it. So if they lose a job, then suddenly they're gonna have no money. But a person that has bitajon, that has trust in God, that understands that the one that really gives him the food is God, and the one that really takes care of him is Hashem, that the job is only a, a, a keili, it's only a vessel for the blessing to come down, then he knows that Hashem is gonna feed him tomorrow. That it will come in a different way, but it will come. Either it's an it's a IRS check, that is returned to you because two years ago you paid extra so they gave you back money or maybe from the government they're gonna send you money I don't know but it will come it will come so God responded to the Jewish people in the desert with loving care their food their water their sustenance everything was taken care of and he really took care of them through a miraculous way God provided everything they needed, needed giving them the, <clears throat> the opportunity to devote themselves solely to Torah. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this uh, quarantine. It really strikes a knot with this idea of the Bab Midbar. Last week we were talking about Shemitah year in, in the parasha, Behukotai and Behar and Behukotai was talking about the Shemitah year and the Jubilee year. In Israel, every seven years, you stop working the land. For one year, people are not working their land. They are not making money out of their land. And it's not only one year, it's the year they stop working and the second year also because they have to again prepare the land to grow everything. So it's really two years of their lives that they're not making money out of their land. Nevertheless, Hashem takes care of them. And this is the... This is the the, the, the test and this is the, the message is that the one that really feeds us is God. So in the desert it was miraculous. In our daily lives really you think we're fed by, by um, natural means. You see na nature, everything works, everything goes um, as expected. But in reality a constant miracle is not a miracle at all. That's what happens when you get used to your comfort, when you get used to having all these things in your life, you don't see them as miraculous anymore because they're supposed to be there, right? They're supposed to be there. But one day you go into the supermarket and then there's no eggs anywhere. Then you're like, oh no, I can, if I find a, a box of eggs, what a miracle. You know, and this is what happens. It's happening right now. It's like, I'm amazed. It's not that we're missing things. I'm, I'm, it's miraculous that in a pandemic, we still go into the supermarket and there's still things to eat. There's food, there's vegetables, there's all vegetables you need. There's milk, there's eggs, there's everything you need. Okay, maybe there's a shortage of, of meat, maybe there's a shortage of cream cheese this week, whatever it is. But in reality, when you really look at the mirac miraculous, that you're going through a pandemic where the jobs have been stopped, you don't have so many workers in the fields and everything. Nevertheless, there's food in your table every night. This is a miracle. This is miraculous. The thing is that Hashem hides himself in nature so we can feel that life is natural but in reality it's not natural everything happens because he wants it to happen so this awareness should motivate us um, 
in ordering our priorities really we should all be ordering our priorities our values right now really making what is important important and the unimportant it should not be important you shouldn't be even uh, suffering about it so instead of giving primacy to our material concerns we should give precedence to the Torah. We should all be learning Torah. There are so many Zoom classes going on everywhere. Habat.org, livealittlehigher.com, you name it, it's everywhere. Podcasts, YouTube, it's everywhere. Fill yourself with Torah. This is the best medicine there is for any situation. The, the Lubavitcher Rebbe used to say, if you have a headache, learn Torah. If you have a toothache, learn Torah. If you have a heartache, learn Torah. Learn Torah. This is the best medicine there is. So when we do so, we can be confident that God will provide us with our needs. You know, think good and it will be good. We, we create our own reality. We can create our own reality. So as he provided for our ancestors in the desert in a miraculous way, we saw no natural means to provide for our livelihood. We should preserve in our commitment to the Torah and rely on him. Even if, if our life looks natural, it is not natural. It's really Hashem's hand in everything, taking care of us every minute of our days. We should be very grateful. And be saying Baruch Hashem all day. People ask me, how are you? God, thank God, thank God. That's all that comes out of my mouth. So the barrenness of a desert can also serve as an analogy for a person's spiritual state. Although a person feels empty and desolate and perhaps with, with good reason right now, so many people feel so empty, so scared and desolate, uncertainty, they don't know what's going to be. Many people maybe are thinking of not moving out of their cities, of their homes, or they don't know what to do. They don't know if August there's going to be schools, there's not going to be schools. Kids that graduated high school don't know if they're going to be able to go to their college campuses. Nobody knows anything right now. It's, 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 we're clueless. But in reality, our day-to-day, -day, we think we know, but we're clueless too. Everything is running according to our plan because Hashem in His kindness keeps the world going in a natural way. But in a certain moment that everything stops and things are not going the way you expected them to go, then that's when you, you, you go like, okay, what happened here? But in reality, Hashem was running the show, is running the show at every second. So God descended into the wilderness to give man his most precious possession, which is the Torah. And the same is true today, regardless of a person's spiritual level. It doesn't matter with what you're keeping, what you're not keeping, if you're uh, growing in Torah, in which level you are. God offers him the opportunity of establishing a connection with him through the medium of the Torah. This is free. Torah is free. It doesn't cost one cent to learn Torah. It's free and it's priceless. So encouraging us to emulate this initiative of our sages, urged to be the students of Aaron Cohen, loving the created beings and bringing them close to Torah. It's not enough to love your fellow Jew. It's, you are also are commanded to bring him near, near to God, help him. So in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says, explains that this statement teaches that we must reach out and love every Jew, even one who is barren as a desert, even a person that is so disconnected from his, from his roots. 
there's no such a thing, the Rebbe says. It's just a little dust. You just have to take it off a little bit and you'll see how that person starts blossoming. And whose only redeeming characteristic is that he is God's creation. So our sages relate that during the Jewish people's 40 years in the desert, that they were wandering, they were able to transform the desert into settled land. They lived there for 40 years. They planted trees, flowers bloomed, and gave fruit. So our study of Torah can produce a similar effect. We see the land of Israel. It's a miracle. It was a barren desert. When the Jewish people got there, there was nothing. Stones, when they came after the war, after the Holocaust, there was nothing there. There were no roads, there was no water, there was no infrastructure, there was nothing. It was a desert. Today, it's a blooming, blooming country. It's, um, it's uh, ahead of its game in technology. And, 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 and you go there, it's full of flowers, of trees, of fruit, of everything grows there. It's unbelievable. So this is the effect of the Torah. This is what Torah brings to a place. So aspects of ourselves and of others that appear barren can become productive through the influence of the Torah. So para Shabbat Mitbar. In the desert, you will know, as we said, it's read before Shavuot, the Jewish holiday that we celebrate the giving of the Torah, that Hashem gave the Torah to us. And to relieve the Sinai experience, we first have to pass through the desert and its lessons, at least in a spiritual sense. And this is the message communicated by our Torah reading and our sages. These lessons are particular, particularly relevant today, for our generation is awaiting a conscious change. We're all in a moment of our, of our lives, especially now that we're going through this, um, this pandemic. It's a wake-up call, my friends. It's a wake-up call. Hashem is calling you. Hello, hello, where are you? Ayeka, where are your values? Where are your priorities? Where are you in your head? What's important for you? Make an accounting and connect to me. This is what it is. Every time we go through a hardship, it's just a pat in the back. Hashem is telling us, hello, I love you. Come near me. Come near me. Sadly, sometimes it has to be through pain. But you know what? When there's no rain, the, the, the land will dry up. And so and Hashem has to send the rain so we can flourish, so we can bloom. So the giving of the Torah will never be repeated. That magnificent event of the giving of the Torah, it will never come again. But in the Jewish calendar, the energy of the six of Sivan is the same energy as the day in which God gave the Torah. It's the same, it's circular. And every time, every year, it's in a higher level, in a higher level, in a higher level. We're ascending, ascending, ascending. It's a time to wake up. It's a time to really grab the knowledge of the Torah, live a Torah life, a true Torah life. Not the way we want to live, the way Hashem wants us to live. With no ego, with no agenda. L'Shem Shamaim, for the sake of heaven. And we'll see that every time we rise one step higher, the, the days until the coming of, of Mashiach will be shorter. We'll make it more accessible to us. It's a time of, of, of conscience, my friends. It's a time to, to awaken and to see the truth. So I wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.